Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me at the King Power Stadium today is Jordan Blackwell. Good afternoon, Jordan. Afternoon, Rob. Uh, we're down here because Claude Puel has been previewing the trip to Wembley. We always dream of seeing Leicester City play at Wembley, but we get to see him quite regularly these days <laughs> yeah, since yeah. it became Spurs' home. And uh, But there's uh, some big news coming out of the uh, press conference today regarding Mark or Brighton, and it's not good, is it, Jordan? It's not at all, no. Um, it looks like Mark will be out uh, until the end of the season, or close to the end of the season, uh, with a serious hamstring problem. Now, he missed... Uh, the game against Manchester United at the weekend and we were told that it was because of a, a minor hamstring problem that he sustained in the, the training session before the game but obviously scans have taken place this week and have revealed that it's actually a lot more serious uh, and O'Brien's going to have to uh, have surgery on his hamstring um, so that could seem out until close to the end of the season and, and Claude said that it, it's not it's not good news for the team and obviously not good news for Mark yeah, but uh, a body blow for Michael Bryant is a, a positive for other players because they get an opportunity now to show what they're made of in that position. Uh, and it's a good job he brought Harvey Barnes back <laughs> yes, yeah. on loan from uh, West Bromwich Albion as well. There were some people debating about that one, but as it's turned out with Mark's injury, it's perfect timing because Barnes, uh, having been pressed against Man United... Um, last week could play quite a prominent role between now and the end of the season with Michael Brighton out. Definitely, yeah, and I think that yeah, given the way he did play against Manchester United, I think um, you know, Poel was uh, very um, effervescent in his praise of uh, of Barnes. So I think um, well, we will see a lot of him, and maybe we'll see a bit more of Gazelle as well, who I know Poel's spoken about, and he's he said that he's he's getting close to to the player he he remembers seeing in France. So I think there's um, yeah, certainly for those two. Uh, you don't want to say an injury to a teammate is a boost, but for, for those two, they'll they'll think, okay, well, I can I can play a lot more regularly now. Well, he said about Barnes, didn't he, that when he came back last season, he was a boy, he was just a baby, and this time he's a man, he's more aggressive, he's got more intensity about him, and uh, he certainly showed that because um, we've obviously had we've talked many many times about the slow start City made. But I thought he was the only positive, really, in the first 15, 20 minutes against United in terms of his intensity. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's direct. I think that's one of the key things. Um, he's not, he doesn't faff about on the ball. He gets the ball, and he's think, straight away he's thinking, OK, how can I get past my man and get across him? How can I get past my man and get a shot on goal or play a pass inside? And it, it's his first thought is, is to try and get uh, some sort of forward momentum going. Um, and I think that's, that's really important, certainly when... When Leicester try and break down the, the, diff, the sort of deep set defences, which we know they've had a lot of difficulty with, I think that's going to be um, a, a big help sort of over the rest of the season. Well, another line that came out of the uh, the press conference, he was asked about um, Jamie Vardy. Now, for those who didn't see it, there was some uh, video footage at the end of the game uh, when the players were shaking hands, and uh, Puel was talking to Paul Pogba. And then the camera cut to Vardy, and Vardy seemed to be calling somebody a rather rude name, uh, which I won't say, I won't repeat on here. I know we've just been talking to some of the national journalists, and they're actually going to include it in some of the reports, whatever this, this name is, that he's directed at somebody. Now, a lot of people saw that to be Claude 
for talking to Paul Pogba and he's been asked about it today what did you make of his reaction um, he well, he suggested that there's no problem with Vardy um, he said that they've got a fine uh, you know a perfectly good working relationship um, and he said that there was no sanction needed he said if if a player had disrespected either him or the club, there would have been a sanction. And he said there's not been any sanction for Vardy. So I think from that kind of that from that point of view, it's kind of brushed under the carpet and then one moves on. Um, but he, I think he Paul was a little bit tetchy about it. So, it, but it raises me to see whether that was because he he didn't want to just talk about the subject in general because he didn't want to say the wrong thing, or because it's still a bit sore because he knows it was directed at him. But we we don't know, and there was. We didn't really get any closer to finding out if Paul knows it's directed at him. I mean, the only way you could possibly tell whether it was actually directed at him or not was if Jamie Vardy said it was, yeah. and he hasn't. Um, so it's a bit uh, a bit of an awkward one. It wasn't completely convincing from Claude. I know a number of the journalists weren't convinced, but um, no, he's, but he has dealt with it now. He said that there's no rift between him and Vardy, and he needs his main striker because uh, he's going to be key, isn't he, with his record, goal-scoring record against the top six. He's absolutely outstanding, and he goes to uh, they go to Spurs, a Spurs side without Harry Kane as well, and uh, certainly need ha- um, Jamie Vardy firing. Yes, I mean the the home game against Spurs, neither Kane nor uh, Vardy were fit to play, um, and obviously Spurs won that one two nil. Uh, but yes, Leicester having their talisman when Spurs don't have theirs is um is a is a big deal, um, and he's you know he's got a decent record against against Tottenham, um, scored. Ooh, I think three goals in the two games against them last season. Um, so yes, I think that's you know that's a big deal having him there. Um, and hopefully, we'll see a, an entertaining game. Maybe not quite as entertaining as a, as a five-four defeat, but uh, hopefully close to that. Oh, another controversial line that came out of the press conference was uh, when he was asked about the booing uh, that greeted his decision to remove James Madison from the fray against United in the second half. The fans didn't take to that very very well. What did he have to say about that? Well, he said about the the Madison substitution that you know he's always trying to help the team, um, and he's, he's with a lot of substitutions that have sort of received a bit of sort of murmurings of discontent before. He's always said he's trying to help the team, um, and he needs it's it's not just eleven players; he needs to um, you know bring on fresh players. But then he also spoke about the boos after the game, uh, so, which weren't quite as loud. Um, but he said that those were a positive. Uh, because it means that the the fans can see the quality in the team, and they they have that the fans have certain demands, um, and he's trying to. I mean, it's a very optimistic way of looking at things, but you can kind of see where he's coming from. Mm. That it's a he feels like it's a recognition from the fans that actually, with the quality in the team, they should be able to get something from these uh, from the games against Manchester United. Um, and obviously they were pretty close. He also pointed out in the same answer that Leicester had 17 shots to United's 10. Um, and he said against a top 16, that's a, that's a fantastic um, figure. So, uh, yes, I think he's perhaps spun it too positively, I would say. But, um, but yeah, you can kind of see where he's coming from. I mean, the performances of the last two games against uh, Liverpool and Man United, there were a lot of positives for him to take from that, but not many points... No. And uh, this is an issue now, isn't it? I think it's four defeats in the last five uh, for City. And um, they really need to start picking up some points, don't they? Because they've dropped in the bottom half of the, seat, the, the table. But he, he does seem very confident that they will get climbed back up the table very, very soon. Yeah, I think the, 
because they've had the difficult schedule, I think there's, um, you know, they've not, not just Manchester United and Liverpool, but Wolves before that, and it looks like Wolves are going to be certainly towards the top of that middle group. Um, they had Everton as well at the start of the, the start of January, which obviously they won. Um, so actually, the fixtures that they played in the second half of the season so far have been probably more difficult than those around them. Um, so I think that's where he thinks okay well at some point we're going to get an easier run of fixtures I think in March you would probably say on paper it it gets a bit easier for Leicester Uh, whereas some of their sort of rivals in that mid-table position are going to get the harder games Mm. Um, but yes they do need to start picking up points probably after Spurs (laughs) I can't see them getting anything at Spurs Uh, not with with, uh, them still in the just about in the title race um, but yeah, I think after that, that's when they do need to start picking up boys because you don't want to, if they get dragged into the the relegation section, if you like, those teams in the relegation battle rather than this mid-table section, that's when I would say it's, it's looking uh, bad for, for Powell. Now, talking about team selection for Sunday, we know, know Mark or Brighton, but uh, Yuri Tielemans could make his debut. Uh, what a place to make your debut at Wembley. Um, he obviously arrived on deadline day uh, on a loan from Monaco. Only had one training session, so he wasn't involved at all against United. But imagine we're going to see something of, of Tielemans at, uh, at Spurs, aren't we? Yeah, I think he'll at least be on the bench. Um, Puel sort of kept his uh, cards close to his chest today uh, and didn't really say whether he would be starting or even on the bench but he did say he hopes he can bring his qualities uh, to the game um, and he said that he's match fit So and obviously he's had a week of training now with, with the rest of the squad so I think we'll certainly see him at least on the bench I think given Powell's tendency to go for a three man midfield um, against bigger teams although he didn't against United um, I think there's potential that Petunians could even start maybe Alongside Ndidi and Mendy. Yeah, I think um, that might, there's a possibility of that, isn't there, really? Because if yeah. you're going to throw him in as well, it's better to have a couple of bodies around him as well just to give him a bit of cover. Uh, if you threw him in as a two uh, at Spurs on his debut, he could get uh, get left exposed a little yeah, bit. And you've yeah, you've got to ease the lad in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah he potentially be overrun. And also, yeah, if he, if he plays in a three, there are, as you say, the players to cover him there so that he, he essentially granted a little bit more freedom and he doesn't need to be quite so rigid. Um, you know, And also... He's learning a new system and a new style of play, um, so he's not going to get everything spot on. So if there are other players there to cover him, that um, that makes sense. But yes, well, I think we'll either see him on the bench. Well, certainly we'll see him on the bench at least. And um, what about that front three then? Who's going to partner Vardy? Because we were just debating this. Well, Harvey Barnes looks like now he's the first one on the team sheet, doesn't he? Uh, I, I would say in terms of in those positions, I would say so. Yes, I think as a front three playing. Yeah, I on think the... I think the way the way Puel's spoken about him. Both today and after the Manchester United game, I would suggest that he's he's really impressed with Barnes. So I don't think he will. Um, I don't think he'll drop him. So I would say Barnes will play on the left. Um, who plays on the right is tricky well, decision. I think I, I want to say Madison, but obviously Madison drifts inside a lot. Um, I'd probably go with Gray. I mean, Gray's got the speed. If you want the counter attack, then Gray's got the speed. Um, and I know at uh, at Wolves, um, I think. Well started Vardy, Graham, Barnes mm. as the front three, which seems like if you're going to pick, if you mm. want speed uh, for a counter attack, they seem like the, the best options. Um, so the thing with with Damari, he has some great highlight moments, doesn't he? He has moments where you think, wow, he, this guy's going to be a real player. 
but then he has spells where he's not in the game uh, for, for long periods and uh, it is a bit of a conundrum isn't it Damari because when he is on it you know he, he is an impact player he can certainly make a difference but it's whether he can do it on a consistent basis yeah I still don't think we've seen the consistency that you would expect of a of a good Premier League player anyway um, I think there's yeah there's certainly he's certainly talented I think um he played really well against Wolves obviously scored the goal and I thought he did pretty well at Liverpool as well against United he went missing a little bit I think I was I think a lot of the reaction to the, the Madison sub was perhaps because it was Madison that came off and not Gray I think if, if Gray had been subbed for Gazelle I don't think there would have been quite the reaction um, but yeah he just seems to I, yeah he seems to flit out, flit in and out of, of games sometimes and I think you know, if if he is going to progress and become a you know a really good player and and an England international, I think he needs to to keep up that consistency. Although what I would say is, I do feel like every season at Leicester he has improved, if only slightly. And I think maybe those expectations because he was playing so well at Birmingham at, at such a young age that maybe the improvement would be a bit quicker. But I think we we while we have seen improvement, it's. It's been very minor season on season. Well, there's one story on the Leicestershire Live website that um, hasn't really got anything to do with Tottenham. It's um, a story I wrote this morning regarding the um, the direction of the club, the leadership of the club since the death of Coenvi Shine. Now, as you well, everybody, every City fan will know, um, nobody has replaced Coenvi Shine as the chairman of the club, and they will not do so either until at least, at the very least, after his cremation um, next month. Now, I think it's the the, the, the uh, Buddhist way that, um, that it has to be a certain period of time for the uh, for the funeral process, and they've obviously shown respect to Vijay by not changing anything. But in the meantime, Top is still his youngest son, has still been very much involved, hands-on with the club and with King Power, and there's a lot going on. There's elections in Thailand this month, there's... Um, obviously the cremation and then there's the uh, coronation of the new king and the king sponsored the uh, the first few days of uh, Vichai's funeral in Thailand in November as well so and they're all very much interlinked but um, I'm reassured that the club is in uh, very much on a priority for the family and uh, they are going to uh, adjust and sort out everything um, but not until um, at the, the end of the funeral process so that's where the latest we've got on that that story in full is on Leicestershire Live as, a, as are all the breakout stories from um, today's press conference and we look ahead to Tottenham and Jordan's going to be with me at Wembley doing a live blog throughout the afternoon so you won't have to miss a thing uh, what's going on at the club we'll give you a little flavour of what's happening inside the stadium as well as what's happening on the pitch so join us then thank you for joining us on Dilly Ding Dilly Dong we'll catch you again next time